0: We'll give you a fair trial, followed by a first-class hanging, Brian Denehy a Sheriff Cobb in Silverado. the revisionist history podcast where we set the historical record straight no matter who it might offend i'm paul and today we're going back to the movies now in the past we've looked at films from a historical accuracy standpoint but today i want to do something a little different i want to just suggest 10 maybe 11 western films now not western as far as west versus east But the old West, because the old West is something that we really haven't talked about a lot on this podcast. And there's plenty to talk about, which I will be getting to. And it's a uniquely American form of entertainment and one that has died out in recent years that I think we really need to reclaim. So let's talk about the movies today. As I said, Westerns are a uniquely American form of cinema and should never be allowed to fade out of existence. Some of the greatest films ever made were westerns. Right up there with Lawrence of Arabia, which is a western with camels, and The Godfather, which is a western with Italians. I mean, if you think about it, Star Wars is simply a classic western set in space, right down to the innocent farm boy Luke Skywalker, rogue cowboy Han Solo, and a black-hatted, well, black-helmeted Darth Vader. So what follows are roughly 10 Westerns everyone should see before they shuffle off to the great roundup in the sky. Not all of these are gonna show up on the list of greatest Westerns of all times from a critical standpoint, and several on that list won't show up here. These are simply my personal favorites and they're in no particular order, except for number one, which is Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid from 1969. Part buddy film, part comedy, and all Western. The chemistry of Paul Newman and Robert Redford alone make this one of the greatest films ever. Like The Godfather, it also contains dialogue people quote decades later, often not even knowing where it originally came from. Some of these lines include, I've got vision and the rest of the world wears bifocals. You just keep thinking, Butch, it's what you're good at. And my all-time favorite, You think you use enough dynamite there, Butch? The cinematography is breathtaking, and the final scene is one of the most iconic in movie history. True Grit, 1969. Now I'm listening to John Wayne original version while fully acknowledging the greatness of the 2010 Jeff Bridges remake. This one's special to me for a personal reason, too. As a kid growing up, the only person I wanted to be besides Springsteen and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was John Wayne. A few years back, when the retina in my left eye detached, I had to wear an eye patch for a bit, so I finally got to be the true grit version of the Duke, a one-eyed fat man. And oh my lord, that final climactic scene. If you've never seen it, do it today. Silverado, 1985. Many people thought this might just be the film that started a renaissance of western movies. It's got a great cast, including Kevin Kline, Jeff Goldblum, Scott Glenn, Danny Glover, Linda Hunt, and a young Kevin Costner, and a great villain in Brian Dennehy. It was directed by Lawrence Kasdan and co-written by Kasdan and his brother Mark, following his co-writing work on three little films called The Empire Strikes Back, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and Return of the Jedi. It was everything a Western, and really a movie in general, supposed to be. And even this wasn't enough to spark a Western resurgence, unfortunately. Tombstone, 1993. Another film that should have been the start of a Western comeback. This one has virtually no flaws from the standpoint of the genre. Kurt Russell played Wyatt Earp to perfection. Sam Elliott was his usual cowboy self. And Val Kilmer literally became Doc Holliday. This was easily Kilmer's finest role and that he wasn't even nominated for an Academy Award as Beyond Belief. And really, does it get any more Western than the gunfight at the O.K. Corral? People who've never heard of Westerns know about that. It's the best Western made in the past 30 years. And it was what my best man used to call me down before my wedding. Rio Bravo, 1959. Now, I know I said I wasn't putting these in any order of preference, but I have to admit that this one is probably tied with Butch Cassidy, the Sundance Kid, as my all-time favorite Western. For my money, it's the best John Wayne movie ever, and that includes the other two on this list. In Rio Bravo, both Dean Martin and a young Ricky Nelson sing, which automatically elevates the film to a new level. Walter Brennan adds some comic relief as well, but in the end, this is the Duke being the Duke. And you can't go wrong with that. The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, 1966. Now I know that Unforgiven is often considered the best western ever made, it's not. But this conclusion to Sergio Leone's Amazing Man With No Name trilogy, following A Fistful of Dollars and For A Few Dollars More, is the Clint Eastwood western I love the most. It's the role that made him a star, but Eli Wallach and Lee Van Cleef are equally good as the three try try to beat each other to a hoard of confederate gold. You may have never seen the film, but you've heard the score as well. The Long Riders, 1980. Now, when this film was first released, it got more attention for having actual brothers playing the brothers in the film than for the film itself. James and Stacey Keach play Jesse and Frank James. David, Keith, and Robert Carradine play Cole, Jim, and Bob Younger. And Dennis and Randy Quaid play Ed and Clell Miller. This is no novelty piece. It's easily my favorite of the many films, some good and some horrible, that portray the life of Jesse James and his gang. It's a bit different than the others listed here in one respect. While it is Western in time period, spirit, and action, it's technically not set in the Old West. Pretty much all the action takes place in the Midwest, specifically Missouri. The next film on our list is The Searchers, 1956. This is the film that many critics place at the top of their best Western list, and with good reason. It was the greatest film that John Wayne and John Ford ever made together, and they made several. It's Wayne's most complex and interesting role. He plays Ethan Edwards, an ex-Confederate soldier consumed with and driven by hatred for the Comanches who killed his brother and kidnapped his nieces. His search for them and the eventual outcome is debated by critics to this day with many troubled by what they consider his racist views towards the Comanches. In my opinion, this is just overthinking revisionist history, because without his all-consuming rage, neither the character nor the film would hold the power it does. Martin Scorsese has compared it to Ahab's maniacal pursuit of Moby Dick, which seems spot on to me. And visually, it's an absolutely gorgeous film. Next, we have Django Unchained, 2012. It was probably inevitable that Quentin Tarantino would make a Western eventually, and he made another one in 2015 with The Hateful Eight. And though like The Long Riders, this one's not technically set in the West, that doesn't in any way detract from its brilliance. Christoph Waltz, Samuel L. Jackson, and Leonardo DiCaprio give Oscar-level performances, but the star here is Jamie Foxx in his best performance since 2004's Ray. It has cracking dialogue and action scenes that only Tarantino could pull off. Next, we have Young Guns, 1988, and Young Guns 2, 1990. Now, I'm counting these two films about the legendary outlaw Billy the Kid as one, because they should always be watched together with only a short intermission in between. I also freely admit that neither film was likely to show up on a best-of list, and I make no apologies. Both of these movies are just plain fun, something sorely lacking in too many films today. With a cast of what was at the time the hottest young actors in Hollywood, including Emilio Estevez, Kiefer Sutherland, Lou Diamond Phillips, Charlie Sheen, and Christian Slater, it made the Western cool for a whole new generation. In A Nod to the Past, the first film starred Western movie legend Jack Palance as the villain and John Wayne's son Patrick as Pat Garrett, while the second featured James Coburn, who also starred in the final film on my list. And they're both pretty historically accurate. Finally, we have The Magnificent Seven, 1960. Now I know this makes 11 movies instead of the 10 that I stated in the title, actually 12 if you count both young guns, but I couldn't leave off a film that's both a classic Western and stars maybe the coolest man to ever walk the planet, Steve McQueen. Now to be fair, Yul Brenner was pretty damn cool in the lead role as well. And I really liked that the filmmaker stated in the opening credits that it was based on Akira Kurosawa's legendary 1954 film Seven Samurai another fine historical film that you really need to see now there are many more Westerns that I could have included here especially once upon a time in the West and high noon in fact I really should have included them so let's just act like I did and make sure you watch those as well the Western is a wonderful and too often dismissed genre and one you'll be glad that you gave a second or maybe a first chance So grab your boots, grab your hat, and let's go to the movies and learn some history at the same time. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you found it both informative and entertaining. If you'd like to help us keep episodes like this coming please consider clicking on the support this podcast link in the show notes. It'll go a long way towards helping us create more episodes and hopefully becoming completely ad free. Thanks a lot.